And we're back. Uh, last week's discussion was very uh, widely received and, and a lot of really good conversation and discussion came from it. So we definitely appreciate you guys listening. Um, we're going to continue on uh, with with the conversation here. And, and you know, as as for those of you who didn't listen, um, which I don't know why you would tune into this episode if you didn't listen to the last one, stop this one and go back to the last one because it's, it's, there's a lot of very important parts. But uh, last week we finished um, up the conversation discussing you know, room for all types of production, how, how open we are to having all of these kinds of production and the benefits that can outweigh the risk. Um, talking about the citrus greening and, uh, and Florida's orange trees and things of that nature and what golden rice, um, you know, bringing in the golden rice discussion and, and what that would mean for some third world countries and the children there that are, are dying um, from a lack of vitamin A. Um, and it, it this is going to get in our conversation this week is going to be more of a consumer driven conversation. And that is science has shown the safety of GMOs, um, but public opinion still weighs, he- still weighs heavy on the acceptance. And we're going to get into some discussions about uh, food shaming and uh, different marketing tactics, marketing ploys, um, GMO labeling. And we're actually going to kind of discuss a little bit too, since we're all moms, um, you know, what we look for when shopping, if we avoid GMOs or anything of that nature. So, hey, ladies, welcome back to the super fun discussion. GMO, OMG. Yeah, I love that. I don't know. Are you clever? Sorry. That's yeah. right. Oh, I stole it. So <laughs> <laughs> I uh, am so glad you guys have come back again. Um, I think it's time for us just to dive right in here. Um, and my favorite, and this was the question we left with last week. Um, uh, and on top of the killing the the ragweed, right? Is that what right. Chris Chris GMOs, Campbellisms yes. GMOs Chris Campbellisms, and that sounds like cannibalism, which is yeah. weird. And but gross, okay. but yeah. we'll continue on. In any event, um, so if science could create GMOs that would reduce or eliminate calories, would consumers support it then? And I can tell you, I would. I would eat the oh. hell out of anything that I knew wasn't going to go to my butt. <laughs> if you could make right a cheesecake away. with zero calories that tasted good, you'd you'd have gold. I'd slap a GMO label on that and advertise it. I wouldn't even care. I would not. I And so it's interesting to me um, to think about it because a lot of the parents that will avoid GMOs or things of that nature uh, have absolutely zero issue signing up to some sort of pyramid vitamin scheme and ingesting whatever someone told them was going to help them lose weight without even thinking twice. I mean, I and I'm speaking from experience here. I've taken some stuff uh, that would probably rival, um, you know, 80s downtown Detroit crack cocaine on weight hippie. loss attempts <laughs> and heart medicine. Yeah, that's this wouldn't be hippie medicine. A hippie would look at this and be like, man, no, stay away from that. This stuff is stuff that's made to like ramp your metabolism and blah, blah, blah. And next thing you know, you're Bean. passed out on the floor of the gym. Yeah, it's, I feel like Jesse... <laughs> Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell, like, you know, that's uh, the one. I'm so, so scared. That's me. So what do you guys think? If we could create GMOs that would reduce or eliminate calories, would it be, should we have have introduced that first and then brought out the BT corn? 
Oh, I think if somebody had that technology, they would have already brought it to, to into play. But the thing that's funny is that the, the stuff that you're talking about is not regulated by the FDA. And yet the GMOs that we have been talking about are severely regulated. So people, like you said, will you know ingest anything they think will help them lose weight without caring how regulated it is. And yet they're worried that they might have sugar from a GMO sugar beet in their you know, cookies. Right. I agree. I don't understand it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't understand why people will consume some things and that aren't approved by the FDA, like you say, and then things that are they throw their arms up at. Well, I, th- I think it's probably because they don't know that that's not, you know, regulated as well as some of the, the actual food that we eat. You know, it's kind of the Wild West. It, it is in a lot of ways. And I think a lot of folks, it goes back down to the social media discussion that we've had in the past. Yes. Um, you know, if 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 their friend or their sister-in-law or their cousin or someone of that nature is like, no, 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 you've got to, if you cleanse and you take these and you take this and you add this into your diet and you do all of these things, you're going to be better. Well, you know, you and I don't sit at our family's Thanksgiving and say, well, you know, if you just ingest that GMO, you know, that GMO sugar and that cookie, there's not a it's okay type conversation about GMOs. And for one, going back to last week's discussion, there's a lot of fallacies or thoughts that there are way more GMOs present in in our everyday food system than there actually is. But Angie, Abe Lincoln told me on the internet that I should eat those green chews and I would lose weight. Is (laughs) Abe Lincoln lying to me? What are these green shoes you speak of? Because I would love to lose weight. No, no. And that's I mean, that's it goes back to the Internet. I think the 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 acceptance or the the thought process that one thing is is okay and the other isn't because one is is known well enough because my friend wouldn't tell me to do something bad kind of deal where the other one, like I said, we're not going to. I mean, we can tell our our friends and family that GMOs are okay, um, but they're still going to look at us and and think we're crazy and still slug down uh, that vitamin drink they found at the store. Or the apple cider vinegar people are drinking to lose weight That is so nasty. Oh, my God. I'd rather be fat. (laughs) I don't have a choice in life, I think. I would have to to starve just to try to – I don't know. I tried everything. And I haven't done apple cider vinegar. Why would you choose to take, you know, 10, 12 pills a day, you know, as opposed to just eating an apple or a banana instead of a chocolate bar? Or taking a shot of apple cider vinegar. Oh, it makes me want to barf right now. Take a shot of vodka instead. It'll be better for you. You will care a lot less about how wide your hips are. You ever feel fat? Just get drunk. You won't care anymore. Right. The only thing that'll feel fat is your head at that point. That's just it. Then you'll wonder where the frozen pizza is. So I'm not speaking from experience. But, you know, so I think that is something I I really do think it's interesting to see is is if we could create GMOs, how society would change. Um, But I think it is important to point out that as a society, um, we don't necessarily think twice about what is has been put into our food to make it fat free. Um, you know, think about right. that. Like, look at your um, fat-free or your sugar-free. Um, have you ever went on a sugar-free diet and w- decided to have a bag of sugar-free candy? Look at me. Do I look like I've been on a sugar-free diet? Okay. I don't look like it either, but I've been on every diet ever created. And I've eaten way too much sugar-free candy. And I will tell you, do you remember, it's the same exact ingredient as, do you remember the Alestra in potato chips? 
oh, in the that, late 90s. That made you sh- yourself, basically. <laughs> literally on the bag said anal leakage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're going to eat a potato chip that says that you are going to experience potentially anal leakage, do not tell me that you're afraid that your sugar be GMO. GMO sugar. Right. Oh my so, god, that's that's awesome. There was awesome. some medicine too that you know suggested you wear dark colored pants the first couple of days that you're on it just in case. I mean, come on, people. So oh I think that's just a great sort of avenue. Last week we sounded serious. This week we're discussing anal leak, which we probably should post a warning. But in any event, GMO labeling, because this is, we we pumped this up big. This is like Jen Campbell versus Angie Setzer. And, and I'll be honest, I don't I necessarily, I don't, yeah, Karen's going to, Karen always does. She's, that's, that's Karen. She's great. We love her for that because she takes care of us. But, um. I'm still stuck honest, on anal leakage. I know. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to take me a minute here to compose myself. But I'm some dark pants, Jen. You'll be okay. okay. <laughs> You're ready to rock. So, um, so GMO labeling, and and like I said, I'm going to be honest here. I I don't necessarily have a, a dog in the fight. Um, as in, I'm I'm somewhat slightly ambivalent, meaning I don't, you know, I'm not passionately, um in one camp or the other. But to me, um, I've hit the point in my life where I'm like, just label all of it. If it doesn't have a GMO in it, label it, you know, as, as non-GMO. If it's a green bean, label it. I don't care. Because obviously, um, to me, it's a ploy, a, a marketing tactic or, or something of that nature to where like, and I don't want to use a brand, but brand X will come out and they will put, uh, you know, un unprompted on their can of green beans, non-GMO. Well, no crap. There's no genetically modified green bean. There's a ketchup company out there that shall remain nameless that put non-GMO on their ketchup. So then, of course, the people that quote unquote do care about GMOs are buying that variety because they haven't educated themselves enough to know that there are no genetically modified tomatoes currently out for commercial use and blah, blah, blah. So um, to me, if it doesn't contain a GMO, what the hell? Just slap a non-GMO label on it and take that marketing ploy away from those companies, in my opinion, and eventually the consumer moves on. I, th- I think that's what happens. But I know Jen is, is has a, um, passionate opposite feelings, and, and I know Chris does too, her other half, because he's I've tweeted about it before and, and uh, he's he's lit me on fire and I've cried. <laughs> Chris is so mean. Now, you know, I'm going to tell you, number one, I think this ship has sailed. Um, I think for better or for worse, the non-GMO labeling is here to stay. Do I agree with it? Absolutely not. I I think that um, someone, someone on Twitter asked where it all started, and I think I, I'm honestly not sure that farmers didn't a group a small group of farmers growing non-GMO didn't didn't start this. Now, I'm not going to be Karen and and go to the judges for this. I'm just going to fly off the seat of my pants like this, my dark so, colored pants. Send all hate mail to at Plowwife on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. Um, but. So I think this ship has sailed, and I think that those of us opposed to non-GMO labeling are going to have to move on. But I am going to say that I am opposed to the non-GMO labeling because of the message it sends. Um, If we were going to have labeling, why couldn't we make it positive? Um, 
and still accomplish the same thing, to be honest with you. That that is GMO, have a GMO. Put a put a proud to be GMO sticker on it, um, as opposed to the non-GMO, which makes you think that it's bad. Because it has a negative connotation to it to say, oh, mine, it, it sends a negative connotation, I guess. Look, my brand is non-GMO, so those around me that aren't labeled must be GMO. When you say non-something, I think it sends the, that. well, I'm a little better because I'm not that. Um, I went to buy green beans the other day, and I can't remember the brand, so I won't even try. But of all the brands there, I grabbed the brand I normally buy, which I don't even know what brand I normally buy. I just know by looking at the label. And oh, you're so funny. I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I grabbed it no, and I, I'm talking about I can just see you at the grocery store like to hell with it. I don't you know. Yeah, someone asks you, ma'am, what brand do you use? I don't know. And so I grabbed it because I recognized the picture, the picture of the green bean. It was the green bean I wanted. It was long. It wasn't broken. You know, whatever. So I grab it and it had a big old non GMO sticker on it. And um, I thought, well, shit, I ain't buying that because I don't believe in non-GMO labeling. So I put it back and I look for another picture that looks like the kind of green bean I want. And I find it and I pick it up and then I look at the price. And it was probably 20 cents more a can. Maybe not. That sounds kind of high, but I know there was a price difference anyway. And so I went, well, crap. And I bought the non-GMO labeled bean because while I'm opposed to the, to the labeling of it, I was pretty happy with the price. Um, well, that takes us to the the real end story, or the end point bought. is. So wait a minute. So we're going to be done in ten minutes? No, no, <laughs> I'm not wrapping it up right now. This is, you your said, wedding night. We're not. Right. I mean, it's not. Oh, don't not get me over started. In five. Campbell <laughs> on his wedding night. Don't get me started. <laughs> but in any event, no. I mean, when it comes down to GMO labeling. In the end, it's going to come down to price for 90%, 95% of the consumer. I mean, Karen, we've talked agree. about that, too. I um, would agree. Yeah. Karen, what do you think about the whole entire... I mean, you're in the middle here. Um, Jen and I haven't called each other names yet, thank God, because she's come and seen the light, obviously. She's she's agreed with me now. I, I did just and, say that. Just don't take a uh, swing and hit me you know, in, in the middle. <laughs> you are right in the middle. Here's what I think should have happened. I think we should have labeled GMOs from the beginning because then the whole non-GMO thing wouldn't be so confusing. If you could put on the label, could possibly be, you know, contain GMOs, then people would have been, okay, I can either buy that or not. Well, when they didn't do that, then all the, the niche part is actually the non-GMO. Well, now they're slapping non-GMO on everything. And they're confusing people because in most of those situations, no no GMO exists to begin with. And I think they're fooling the farm or fooling the consumer into thinking that there's a lot more GMOs in their food system than there really is. So I think I we think missed the boat too. I think that's what I'm trying to say is that while originally when a labeling system would have come out, it would have seemed maybe negative, but I think in the end it would have been more. GMOs are fine and pro-GMO than to the point we're at now where when you see the non-GMO label, it seems like GMOs are bad. Yeah. And so I, that's why I think the labeling thing takes takes that away. I, you know, I see exactly what you're saying. Um, but when you label and realize that, you know, the bulk of, of everything that we produce, because what we talked about last week is there's only, what, 10 crops 
10 that are, are genetically modified anyway from a commercial standpoint. Um, two, and two on the way. Right? Yeah. Those two are Eight included in that 10. The oh, the two right. are included. Yeah. yeah. See, so, I don't even know. Yeah, so the, 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 the actual presence of GMOs in our food system is, is virtually, I don't want to say non-existent because it's there, but like we talked about last week, it underlies more in your processed foods. I um, think you're going to, yeah, you're, you're, there's going to be certain aisles that are going to be really affected by it. Um, you know, you got your soybeans, um, anything that has, you know, soy oil or anything like that in it and corn starches and anything that contains a corn starch, those aisles are going to be and your processed foods. Yeah. Stuff like that is going to be really affected, but I think it will come across in the end, it would have come across a little more positive. So now that I'm kind of coming in a complete circle, I'm not sure Angie and I aren't on the same page. Well, it's because Karen's a genius and right. we're going to get in our DeLorean at the end of this conversation, go back in time right. and just label the GMO products. Are people going to be disappointed Maybe I should be not. the Secretary of State. Oh, <laughs> I'd vote for you. Do I get a vote in that? See, I don't even know. I think so. I okay. just, I'm good with it. So as a mom, because we're all moms, right? Um, when you go shopping, which Jen has told us her shopping story, which it all comes down to cost, but, um, you know, do you avoid GMOs? I don't. I uh, I don't. I mean, I'll be honest, uh, the availability we have of food today and affordability for us, I've never thought twice about the science behind our food. Um, and it's not because I think I know more than anybody else. It's, it's not because we grow GMOs. It's because we are freaking blessed. Um, I I don't even, yeah, I don't worry about GMOs because I trust the science. Um, every once in a while I'll see a non-GMO on something in the grocery store that I know doesn't have a GMO and I'll just out of protest, not buy it just because it makes me mad. But, um, that's about it. I mean, I don't. You're not boycotting anything because it's... No. There's other things I look for in the grocery store that I think are more important. Like what? Well, um, I think the country of origin of where the food comes is it... I mean, that's something I look at, particularly when I look at berries and different things that I know are highly intensively managed. And I... um, You know, there are countries that I won't buy from because I don't necessarily trust their system. Ooh, I I smell another topic. I'd love to hear Karen talk on this. I'd love to hear her talk about, um, because of her background and what she knows, the science behind what's sprayed on the crops here in the U.S., um, I find it fascinating to listen right. to her. A lot of our fruits that. and vegetables, you know, are highly intensively managed, which means they have a lot of things sprayed continuously on them to make sure that they look as perfect as the consumer wants them to when it gets to the grocery store. And I know the regulations here, and I know what the products that are being sprayed, and I know the, you know, the... The time you know the science behind it, right? I know how long each you know the the how many days before that product can be harvested, and I know how the chemicals break down and how fast and different things like that. And and here I trust it. You know, I think we have a good system. Um, you know, our farmers are reliable. When it gets to buying, particularly berries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries from other countries, I generally walk on. I generally don't well, buy them. I- just wrote a topic down for it we'll see when it fits in but we are going to discuss uh food imports and that sort of thing so that'll be 
Uh, listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we plan on talking about one thing. We end up deciding another another topic to discuss. So you know that that's coming up here uh, in the next couple weeks as we're going to hear what Karen has to say. Because, uh, yeah, I definitely am interested because I just blindly eat the foods. Well, I was getting ready to say, how bad do you judge me, Karen, if, say, there was, I don't know, say a mother out there who, I don't know, you know, maybe didn't wash her fruits and vegetables before she let her kids dig into the plastic container full of them. You know, if someone like that existed. Now, the funny thing is, I won't let my kids eat it that way, but I'll eat them while I'm washing them and not wash them for myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> and that's what so I think that, you know, I think, Jen, you you brought up an important point when you said, would you judge me? Because we did discuss food shaming. Oh, we did. That was a big one. And so, and then we dis- discovered that you make cakes that are epic. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's a real interesting gen thing. Like that just really surprises me um, because I have no patience for that. But in any way, uh, food shaming um, is, a, is a thing. It's a real it's, thing. It's a real thing. And, and I think we've turned into a society now where on social media, um, you know, and, and it goes back into a conversation that we've kind of held previously where parents are judging other parents. Um, and I think that's part of what the, the organic non-GMO push where that's come from is that these parents think that feeding their children non-GMO or organic food is increasing the nutritional value. And so we've we've kind of had both the conversation of the food shaming and the nutrition labels. You know well, what? And what I, that's is- what I. Yeah, I want to talk about nutrition labels because I think there must be, and I this didn't occur to me um, until last week in San Antonio for me. There was a guy on stage at Bear Forum that talked about um, reading nutritional labels. And I'm like, he, he claimed he, re, he read nutritional labels on all the food he brought. He, he read labels is what he said. And I thought, good grief, if you had to read the label of every food you picked up, you'd be in the grocery store all day. And quite frankly, I hate the grocery store. I want to pick my groceries up at the Walmart that I've ordered online, have them load them in the back of my truck, and have my kids take them out of my truck and put them away because I don't want to touch them uh, 15 <laughs> times. But um, I think there's some confusion in this GMO labeling there's a huge difference, and I'm not sure if people get this or not, between the nutritional label on your food and farmers and non-farmers talking non-GMO labeling. There's two different labels. Um, when we say we're opposed to labeling, we're opposed, those of us that are, opposed to the GMO labeling. That nutrition label isn't changing or going anywhere. Yeah, Karen, I mean, you've, you brought it up. There's no, I mean, how many GMOs change the nutritional value? I'm um, here where we are, none. But the ones that would change the nutritional value would be like the golden rice or the cassava that they're working on. And those are all, you know, being brought about for third world countries and places where they have deficiencies. They're not being brought, being brought about for our country. So the reality is, as much as you want to say that a certain type of food, whether it's non-GMO or organic or something of that nature, has more health um, value to to health or or more more nutritional value, uh, the reality is it's not Right. The only way it would have more health value would be if you were the actual one growing it and you were outside in the garden getting exercise while you grew it. 
Right. And, and so, like, you know, they said, you know, like, oh, I checked the fat and the calories. Well, that's on the nutrition label, and it's not going anywhere. It was kind of it frustrating. Has nothing, right. Yeah, it, it has it nothing change. to do with GMO. Right. It wouldn't change whether it was GMO or non-GMO. So nutritionally, they're the same. And, you know, I think it's worth pointing out that we don't really care whether you buy non-GMO or, or GMO or organic or not. We just don't right. want you to make that choice based on fear. So choose what you want. But, you know. Right. Right. And fo- yeah, food shaming, fear, uh, the thought or the fear that you're giving your child something less um, you know, of course, the the Karen brought up very good top, you know, the very good discussion on on uh, the the imported food production, but that that we'll discuss that in in uh, future podcasts here. And that so yeah, I mean, I I see the food shaming. Um, you know, I asked my mom. Uh, she runs a, a daycare and she's a member of several daycare groups and things like that. And there are actually daycare providers now that are pushing um, the. Uh, we provide organic non-GMO foods to the children. Like it, it means something. And there are parents that will pay more um, for this provider to watch their children because they feel better about the food that they're giving them at lunchtime. Um, and that just, it, and so I, I think that's an important thing to point out is, is. Yeah. I also wonder though, and I'm not saying they do because I obviously don't know any of these people, but you know, you're going to pay more to send your kid to a, a non GMO providing daycare. But how many of those kids are stopping, or how many of those kids, how many of those parents are, um, grabbing their kids from daycare at, you know, between five and six at night and running through the McDonald's drive through, uh, to feed their kids supper? Uh, I had a kid, one of my friends, um, she worked with this mom who was, you know, if you didn't breastfeed, you were the most horrible thing ever. And she said she, you know, made a point to tell everyone that she breastfed more than 12 months and blah, blah, blah. And uh, my friend said, but the funny thing is the only four food groups her kids know now are Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's and Taco Bell. Yeah, I think that there's so much. Um, I think social media has made it so hard because you're not going to put on the majority of these people aren't going to put on social media. Oh, I had three kids in ball practice and we had a, you know, a meeting and we grabbed McDonald's drive through on the way home and fed him supper. No, they're going to put their social media status the next night. We made organic chicken uh, grilled, not fried with <sighs> potatoes with no butter. Because yeah. it's a dairy product. I mean, so Tastes I like think, cardboard. you know, yeah, social media statuses are out there. But let's be honest, your food dollars are speaking louder. Well, because, that, yeah. Because yeah. just like that non-GMO market disappeared around here for our corn. I mean, don't don't tell me you're, that the majority of people are non-GMO because that market's gone around here. Well, if that's what your friends are, you know, worried about putting on their Facebook statuses, I'd say you need new friends anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, I am on the phone with you guys an awful lot, so. They are your Facebook friends and not your Twitter friends because right. my Twitter friends Huge are the difference. ones that send me Snapchats of see a chug, send a chug, and I have to drink a liter <laughs> of water because I'm a mother. And what? I don't... You're such what? a loser, Angie. I got a there's see a chug, send a chug on Snapchat, right? Yeah. So, so it's someone Karen chugging a beer or I have chugging never heard this. One of right. my Twitter friends that shall remain nameless will chug vodka because oh, he in South Dakota and they have nothing better to do, apparently. Well, so they sent me one last night and they're like, You never respond. And I'm like, here you go. And I chugged a liter of water because I'm a mother. 
So I'm holding on to my sleeping child while I chug this liter of water because I'm also a badass. You know, I'm not a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Are your friends like 15-year-old boys? (laughs) They're boys. (laughs) I don't even have Snapchat. I'm not cool enough to even understand what it is, so... No, but now that we're now that we're see a chug, send a chug, or what is it? Send a chug. <laughs> That's what it is. See okay. a chug, send a chug. I totally think Karen wants on there now because she wants to chug. <laughs> I, if I hadn't it. have taken some Benadryl, I would have had something in my coffee while we were talking. But yeah, uh, I can picture her right now. Karen looks like the kind of person that would bubble chug some one fifty one. And then, like, light it on fire. Yeah. In my, <laughs> in my younger days, yeah, I have drank Everclear lit on fire, but in my oh younger my days. God. Wow. Learn something new every day here on this podcast. Yeah, you just, uh, yeah. I used to be a lot more fun than I am now, but. Oh, man. Kids ruin everything. You can't even eat GMO whatever anymore. So, but no, and, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I think there is a certain um, expectation of, of what you're supposed to allow your children to have. And I think that social media has had this role in it. And the reality is, you know, first of all, the the main thing that I want to continue to point out, and I will beat this horse until it's dead and then continue after, is there aren't the genetically modified crop options out there that people seem to think there are. Um, you know, it's, 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 and we'll talk about labeling, um, in a future podcast, but it's the same thing as, you know, uh, this meat has no antibiotics in it. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's true because it can't, you know, and, uh, so the thought that you're doing better for yourself or for your children by buying the the can of green beans with the non-GMO label on it, um, is there's no other option. There is no GMO green bean. Um, and- yeah, I think there's just so much confusion with the word labeling because it, it entails so much. And I guess I kind of want to clarify a little bit here that while I'm opposed to labeling GMOs, um, you also have then the labels that are, you know, like gluten free and, and things for allergies, which those are legit. Um I guess to me, the GMO label or non-GMO label on a lot of stuff is not legit because it's there as a as a scare tactic, fear mongering way to catch people's attention because because they can. Oh well, I think so. I think there's there's this idea, and I I think that goes back to Karen a discussion that we had prior to where you had pointed out that there was no documented. Um, case of an allergy caused by a genetically modified organism either. So this isn't an allergy-based label as well. I mean, there are people who have gluten intolerance and things of that nature. I I think the word labeling brings in so much that sometimes people are are lumping. There are different labels. Yeah. Yeah. They're lumping them all together, like, you know, the GMO labeling and the nutrition label and the allergy label and, and... I don't, I don't know what we should call them all, but it's we're kind talking of, about the marketing words on the right. box of what you're buying. Right. Things that that don't have any scientific effect on things. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like gluten obviously does have a scientific effect. Peanuts, I don't know. Peanut allergy. Peanuts. Would have, I mean, those would right. have dire consequences if you ate those and you shouldn't have. Whereas if you eat a non-GMO versus or the eat a GMO versus a non GMO, you're not gonna go into, you know, any type of anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock or anything. Shock. Yeah. Right. 
I guess yeah. there's just, you know, we seem to use that word label and I think it's sometimes there's it can many be confusing. Labels, yeah. There's many labels. Yeah. And that's, and yeah, I think so. I, but I think it's, that's the important point to make is that the, the GMO side, even whether it's labeled or, or not, or whether it's in, in your food or not, um, science has proven is safe. Um, I've, I haven't seen anyone provide a, a scientific study that shows that the GMO itself is the root cause of any, um, health issue. Correct. Right. Have you, have any of you? No. You've, I mean, there are no Karen, documented have, cases. No, there are no documented cases. I agree. So I just I think that's an important point to make, and I and I think it's helpful to to make overall. Is is as a mom here for us? We trust the science behind our food. Um, we trust you know what is is being produced here in in our country. We know why our our farmer friends are using the tools that they're using, um, and and why they're growing the crops that they're growing. Um, do you guys have anything you'd like to add before we wrap up our GMOMG conversation that we've got going on here? I just wonder how many people are disappointed there was no cage match over this. That's later. We'll find a new topic for that. Right. When Karen, right. We'll find <laughs> something else. We'll come up with something. Karen, do you want to add anything since you're a resident expert on all things crop production? If any of you are looking for answers, you know, the GMOanswers.com is a great website that can walk you through a lot of the process and the differences between what's a GMO and what's not and show you exactly which crops are, you know, being produced as a GMO. And it's a great place to look to answer any of your questions. Or you can also ask one of your local farmers. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to help you figure things out. I agree. Jen, you got anything? No, I'm good. Me too. I don't have much more to add. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I think this was a great conversation. If, if you guys, if our listeners want to add anything else or ask any questions, um, you know, other than the resources that Karen suggested, we're an open book. We're here to help. If we can't answer it, we can definitely point you in the direction of someone who can. Uh, we have a lot of, of very good friends who are very smart and very well connected in the industry. Luckily, um, you know, so we can can help you guys in any way, shape, or form on that side. Uh, we will be back next week um, to discuss more things ag related. Um, so, as always, we thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you again.